Uh, yes, the late great Schooly D. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another fun-filled, positive episode of Facts versus Rhetoric. Today, we wanted to get to a little vaccine information. Again, more Pfizer data is coming out from the, the FDA, but I've learned a lot past few days that I wanted to share. And I encourage anyone listening if there's anyone listening, to share this with anyone who may be considering vaccinating their kids or getting another booster. You know, give them my name. My email is always in these things. I'm happy to try to provide all the resources that I have at my disposal to help them investigate on their own. I'm doing this because I realize that People are not getting, obviously, the informed consent that they should. I mean, my doctor, when I met with her last, uh, this was two months ago, she admitted that they skipped over the informed consent part for this vaccine, you know, which ethically should be, which should be done. You're supposed to get the pros and cons. We say this all the time. Lay it out for you to play it out. That step has been skipped. So it's very important for anybody considering getting these experimental gene therapy shots that have no liability protection if you get injured. It's very important to try to be as educated as possible. So if you know anyone, please send this to them. I will be happy to discuss anything with them. I am not a doctor. I have a lot of information from doctors and from Pfizer and from the CDC. I have all this information that people are not getting. When I think it's very important that they get before they make these big decisions that cannot be undone. Okay, so again, if you know anyone, please share it with them. I'm not trying to be adversarial. I'm trying to be helpful. And if they listen to what I have to say or they read what I have, and they still want to do it, great. Listen, you have to make your own decision. The, the only problem here is, is not everyone has all the information to make the correct decision for them. We have completely skipped over this informed consent thing. We were giving out free donuts, free gift cards. We have million-dollar vaccine lotteries that are still going on to this day. You know, everyone's just saying, just get it. And there's no one out there talking about the data, the side effects, or the efficacy of these shots. So that's my goal today. I'm going to go over a couple thing, new things that I've learned and just some good points that you can have in your back pocket. So when this topic comes up, hopefully, like we always say, to spark a little curiosity in someone who thinks everything's okay to maybe look into, the, into things for themselves. A few things I've learned recently from the Pfizer internal documents, from the CDC documents, the FDA documents, some Moderna documents. Again, this stuff is the stuff you should have heard from your doctor. Prior to getting any of these shots, you should have already known this. And that was a big miss on the medical community's part. I'm going to go through a few things that I've learned. Like, for instance, did you know Pfizer has three different dosages pegged to ages? So they have a 3 microgram dose, a 10 microgram dose, and a 30 microgram dose. You might say, well, Nick, that's smart, right? You don't want to give an 11-year-old the same dose as a 30-year-old. I would agree with that. But when I look at that statement with my critical thinking hat on, shouldn't weight be taken into account? Right? I have kids, and when I'm reading dosages for vitamins, their weights and their ages are in there. And here's why pegging it to the age makes no sense. So say you have an 11-year-old and 364-day-old kid. They're going to get a 10 microgram dose on Monday. And on Tuesday, the same fucking kid, the same weight, who is now a day older, gets a 30 microgram dose. That's a three times 
the dosage with no change in the kid other than he's a day older and he happened to have a birthday. So that makes no sense to me. You have doctors now looking into whether these high doses in tiny teens are causing the myocarditis issues that are exploding in young kids, especially young males. So remember, a 90-pound 12-year-old girl gets 30 micrograms of the Pfizer vaccine. That's the same dosage a 200-pound 18-year-old boy gets. Are those two people able to handle that amount of toxicity in their body the same? You know, and if you're not going, holy shit, that's dangerous. And you're saying to yourself, well, the dosage per weight, that doesn't matter. Then you're forgetting what's being injected into your body. Or you may not even know what's in there. The doctor certainly didn't tell you the ingredients in these things. These vaccines contain lipid nanoparticles, mRNA, and spike protein. These ingredients are toxic to your body. Lipid nanoparticles, which by the way are made in China, like everything else, contain polyethylene glycol. In your spare time, if you want to look up the dangers of polyethylene glycol, I encourage you to. And the spike protein, which is cytotoxic, that means it kills cells, that leaves the injection site after 48 hours and ends up most commonly either in your liver, spleen, or ovaries. Nick, where'd you get that? Well, that's from the Pfizer animal trials. 0.09% of the time, the spike protein ended up in the ovaries. 1.03% of the time, it ended up in the spleen. And 16.2% of the time, it ended up in the liver. And remember, the liver works with the lungs. Respiratory disease issues, liver issues covered this. And those were the most popular areas for the spike protein to end up. But other areas included your adrenaline glands, your bladder, your bone, your bone marrow, your eyes, large intestine, small intestine, lymph nodes, pancreas, your salivary glands, your skin, your testes, your thymus, thyroid, and your uterus, if the animal in the trial had one. My doctor tried to tell me that they want the spike protein to move in the bloodstream to elicit an immune reaction. I vehemently disagreed with her because it is my understanding that the brochure for the vaccine was for the spike protein to get stuck in the muscle. That's why they inject it in your muscle and to hold the spike protein there and elicit the immune response there. Again, it is very scary that I know more than my doctor. And I guarantee you that I do not have the most uneducated doctor out there. I actually pay money to be her patient. I still do that after knowing what I know because I'm there for primary care purposes, not for COVID-related topics or help with this. Every time I go there, we end up talking for an hour and debating all the shit that I talk to you guys about. Other thing I learned, hey, did you know the Moderna vaccine, when it came out, had a 100 microgram dosage? That's three times the Pfizer's highest dosage. It was so toxic, and the adverse events were so great during the trial that Pfizer actually lowered their dosage as a result to minimize those side effects they were seeing in the Moderna. You know, good thing they caught that in time. Well, yeah, but... The first batch of people that got the Moderna vaccine got the 100 microgram dose and they weren't even told. So, you know, that first wave of old people dying, I don't know. Also, did you know that Pfizer's internal trial data showed both vaccine failure and a lack of efficacy? They knew by December of 2020 that the vaccine waned and or didn't even work. That's in December 2020. They knew getting COVID was a side effect of the vaccine. 
So after one month of the vaccine rolling out, they knew it waned and they knew it was not durable. And they didn't even admit that until the spring of 2021. And the only reason they admitted it then is because all the studies coming out of Israel started showing vaccinated people still getting and spreading COVID. Remember, Israel was way ahead of the United States. They were a leader in the vaccinated population. They were like 90 plus percent double vaxxed and boosted. So all the research coming out of Israel is the best at looking at vaccinated stats, right? They can't, you can't muddy the waters with the unvaccinated people being responsible for anything in Israel because there are none. There are very few. That's how what they did here. They blame the unvaccinated for the vaccinated people still getting sick. But when you look at Israel, you know that's bullshit because everyone there is vaccinated and everyone's still getting sick. And the more shots you get, the sicker you get. There's a correlation between the number of shots, how long in between, and how sick you get. And this is around the time where the CDC and the FDA and the big pharma companies started blaming the new variants for those breakthrough cases, right? And then they started recommending boosters. You know, they knew it wasn't working. They lied to everyone. And along with the new variants, that they gave them another out. They started telling everyone the side effects of getting COVID, like myocarditis, inflammation of your heart was a result of you getting COVID, not the vaccine. We talked about this in real time because it was so obvious. The number one reported adverse event of these vaccines was myocarditis. And instead of telling everybody that, they just said, well, if you get COVID, you're at risk of getting myocarditis. That is insane. Suddenly, it went from a respiratory virus to a cardiovascular virus in less than a year. I don't fucking think so. Again, I'm not a doctor, but that's just not how science works. I also learned that the Moderna shot has SM102 in it as an ingredient. There are two forms of this ingredient. There are two forms of SM102. There's the pure form, which is not dangerous and no big deal. Then there's the research grade version of it, which is classified by OSHA as a carcinogen. I'll include the OSHA warning of SM102 in the description. You can check it out. But, you know, here are some quick highlights from page 1 of 11 from the safety data sheet provided by OSHA in regards to ingredient SM102. This product is for research use, not for human or veterinarian diagnostic or therapeutic use. What are the hazard identifications of SM102? Well, it's uh, highly flammable. It's toxic if swallowed or inhaled. And it's a carcinogen. It may cause cancer. So that's super. That's just from uh, page one of 11, but I encourage you to check it out. It's a good solid read of uh, one ingredient in the Moderna vaccine. Is that why cancers that have been in remission for a while are suddenly coming back in certain patients? I don't know, something to think about. I also learned there's a lot of talk about building a fraud case against the vaccine manufacturers, the FDA, the CDC, and possibly also some FCC violations because everyone used the radio, the television, and the internet to tell everyone to get this shot and that it was safe and it was effective and nothing bad's going to happen to you and that you're not going to get it. You're not going to get COVID if you get vaccinated. You don't have to wear your mask if you get vaccinated. All that shit that they lied to you about, they knew it was untrue. Again, they had this data when they presented it to the FDA to get the emergency youth authorization. So there's no one can say, well, we didn't know. 
It's in their documents. I'm reading it. If I'm reading it, they wrote it and they know about it. I know what you're saying. Fraud, Nick, really? I think that tinfoil hat is affecting your brain. Listen, I'm not a lawyer, but just walk, walk with me on this one. Pfizer disclosed adverse events to the public that did not match their nine pages of adverse events noted in the trial. Here's what Pfizer told the CDC. In clinical, in clinical studies, adverse reactions in participants 16 years age or older included pain at the injection site, 84.1%, fatigue, 62.9%, headache, 55.1%, muscle pain, 38%, chills, 31%, joint pain, 23%, fever, 14%, injection swelling, 10%, injection site redness, 9%, nausea, 1%, malaise, 0.5%. That's what they said. That's, those are the only ones they listed. And then you go down a couple more bullet points and you get gems like this. Severe allergic reactions include anaphylaxis have been reported following the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine during mass vaccination outside of clinical trials. And then you go further down and it's a little nugget like this. Additional adverse reactions, some of which may be serious, may become apparent with more widespread use of the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. Huh. Okay, what's the next one? Available data on Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine administered to pregnant women are insufficient to inform vaccine-associated risk in pregnancy. So to all my pregnant ladies out there, what were you told? Were you told it was safe and effective? Or were you told like, hey, listen, there's insufficient data to tell you whether you should take this or not? Hmm. Go down another bullet point. Data are not available to assess the effects of Pfizer COVID-19 vaccines on breastfed infant or milk production or excretion. Again, what were you told by your doctor? Were you told they don't know and roll the dice because no one can tell you one way or the other? Or they just tell you it was fucking safe and effective and you better get it for your baby's sake and all this shit. I know a lot of pregnant ladies that got it. I know a lot of people that are breastfeeding that got it. I know a lot of people that want to become pregnant. They got it. Were they told that? I don't know. I'm guessing no. The FDA and Pfizer knew the COVID vaccines caused immunosuppression. What's immunosuppression? Well, that's when you get the vaccine and then you get sick with COVID or, or the flu. I mean, the same freaking thing. These vaccines affect your immune system, making you more vulnerable to infection of any kind. Nick, if what you're saying is true, then why would Pfizer give the evidence to the FDA? Why would the FDA release it? Remember, we're not dealing with smart people. We're dealing with people in the FDA who are putting in three to five years or so so then they can cash in and get a job with Pfizer or Moderna or someone else in the Big Pharma Institute. It's just a revolving door. It's like politics, right? So you, you, you put in some time in Congress or the Senate. You learn how influence is used. You make your contacts. You meet all the lobbyists. And then you leave your public job, you go into the private sector, and you cash in on all your markers. All those favors you did for those lobbying firms, now it's time for you to cash in, baby. Now you're working for one of those lobbying firms that you helped when you were a public servant because you're an asset to them because you know how Washington works, you know how influence works, you know the game, and you can play it, and you know all the people. So now you're an asset to them. Same thing happens at the FDA and Big Pharma, the FDA gets 50% of their funding from Big Pharma. Think of those as like campaign donations. You work in the government and then you get a job at Raytheon. Raytheon got you elected, you do their bidding, and then your reward 
is working for them or sitting on their board making all the money. Also, no one has ever asked for the data that the drug companies give the FDA, right? The FDA isn't always inundated with requests like, hey, can we get all that uh, uh, the data for that drug you just approved? No, that doesn't happen. And if it did happen, it's for discovery for a lawsuit and that shit's all kept hush-hush. It wasn't even on their radar that people were going to come request this information. And you can know that because when they did ask for the information, they said no. And then when it was court-ordered, they said, well, we can give it to you, but it's going to take 75 years. 75 years to release the data. What does that tell you? No, Nick, that's a lot of documents to go through. Yeah, listen, they didn't have to reread all those documents and do a fucking book report on them. They just have to release them. You know, no, they don't have to have one guy sitting there with a scanner scanning 8,000 pages of documents. They're already fucking digital. All they have to do is redact out any names, the people's personal information, any personal information on the documents need to be redacted. That's it. 75 fucking years. Are you serious? So they're screwed. And listen, probably not a coincidence that on the same day as another 10,000 page Pfizer dump from the FDA, there was a leak out of the Supreme Court of the United States about this little, this little subject that, you know, reignites a war between half the country versus the other half. That's probably a coincidence, Nick. Don't get ahead of yourself. But listen, the FDA, the CDC, the NIH have hoarded all of the documents of data. Only through freedom of information requests has any of this shit started coming out. Why is that? You know, how do you verify data? You know, you've always heard about peer-reviewed studies, right? That's the gold standard, peer-reviewed studies. Well, okay, so if that's the gold standard, why aren't we peer-reviewing all of the data? Why hasn't the CDC, the FDA, the WHO, whatever other nefarious fucking acronym we can think of, why haven't they released all of their data? And then let the thousands of qualified researchers, scientists, and doctors to look at it. That point alone should be setting off alarm bells in your head. And in addition to the fraud angle that people are pursuing, and by the way, our government and some of our congressmen and women are also pursuing this, is the experimental part of the saga cannot be overlooked. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And it doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but listen, some got the jab in their right arm, some got in their left arm, some got the Moderna, some got the Pfizer, some got the J&J, right? Like they're all different. What are, what are we doing here? That's an experiment. The CDC has always planned on six injections from the beginning. That's weird, right? There's no clinical trials with two injections, let alone six. Why were they forecasting and planning on six from fucking Jump Street? Not to mention the trials from the first dose were fucking horrible. As we're all reading, as you should read, if you're thinking about getting another one of these, read Pfizer's own documents if you want to get another Pfizer booster. Again, Nick, why the hell are we talking about this? Because the vaccines don't work. They have serious adverse events, including death. And despite no evidence that they help in any way, and plenty of evidence that they don't fucking help, people are still getting boosted, and parents are still getting their kids vaccinated with these things. We need to wake up Ask some questions. If you hear both sides and still want to do it, good, great. I hope 
you make an informed decision. That's the only point of this whole fucking exercise. But ask yourself, if they told you this shit before you got it, would you have gotten it? Because they knew it. They lied. We are suffering. So where do we go from here? Well, first, admit to yourself that you were lied to. That's okay. It wasn't your fault. Direct that anger to the people responsible. Start standing up against censorship, medical tyranny, big tech, the mainstream media, big pharma, our own corrupt fucking government. See, this would not have been possible without them. And so I hope you can see the connection on why I talk about these things and why I'm trying to sound the alarm about censorship and the importance of a free press and medical freedom and government corruption. This is a result of us letting them get away with whatever they want at our expense. And just as a reminder, let's listen to this little montage and just see how the talking points from the beginning of this montage to the end completely changed there's been over a 20 to 1 return. If you had put that money into an S&P 500 and reinvested the dividends, you'd come up with something like $17 billion, but you think it's $200 billion. Here, yeah. You're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. These vaccines are highly, highly effective. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. They're really, really good against variants. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission. Uh, to other people and allowing society to get back to normal. Get your first shot, and when you're due for your second, get your second shot. Our key goal is to stop the transmission, to get the immunity levels up so that you get almost no, almost no uh, infection going on whatsoever. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized, you're not going to be in an ICU unit, and you're not going to die. If you are fully vaccinated... You no longer need to wear a mask. Anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities, large or small, without wearing a mask or physical distancing. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. You know, we didn't have vaccines that block transmission. We got vaccines that help you with your health, but they only slightly reduce the transmissions. We need a new new way of doing the vaccine. The level of virus in the nasopharynx of a person who's vaccinated and infected is the same level as the level of virus in the nasopharynx of an unvaccinated person. Reports from our international colleagues, including Israel, suggest increased risk of severe disease amongst those vaccinated early. And if you look at Israel, Mm -hmm. which has always been a month to a month and a half ahead of us, they are seeing a waning of immunity, not only against infection, but against hospitalizations and to some extent death. A booster might actually be an essential part of the primary regimen that people should have. plan is for every every adult to get a booster shot. Uh, Clearly one of the best investments uh, I've ever... Well, that was Bill Gates at the end there saying the uh, vaccine business was one of the best investments he's ever made. So that was a nice little montage. You had Bill Gates, you had Dr. Fauci, you had Rochelle Walensky of the CDC, you had President Biden. Again, all telling you in the beginning that the vaccines were safe and effective, prevented you from getting it. You didn't have to wear a mask. Yay, yay, yay. Get it, get it, get it. And then as the data comes out, they all flip flop. You need to do your own research. 
I'm happy to help anybody with the resources I have. I'm happy to have a discussion with anybody because our goal is to make informed decisions. I don't care if you get vaccinated. As long as you made that decision, knowing everything. Why I spend my time doing this is to hopefully prevent that from happening. So again, thank you very much for joining us today. Please share this podcast or any of these podcasts with anybody you think that might benefit from just making sure they have all of the information necessary to make decisions. Everyone should want to be right and want to do the right thing that's best for them. This is not a one-size-fits-all problem, so you can't listen to what your friend did, what your doctor thinks, or anybody else. This is a decision you need to make based on you. You know you best. You know your kids best. So don't give up control of your responsibility. So till next time, everyone have a great weekend. Mm-hmm.